Good morning and welcome to your Thursday edition of the Holy Commute Podcast. My name's Tom Gannon. I've got a special guest today. But first, I'm going to talk about how I played in a wiffle ball tournament today on a Monday, Columbus Day, the Ed Walsh Tournament. Uh, it's just a little charity tournament, medium pitch, yellow bats, on scuff ball. Uh, but there were 45 teams. It was tough. Danny Haverty was actually there. Did not get a chance to play against them, but we won the whole tournament. It was wild. It was one nothing pretty much every game, the whole playoffs. But uh, we're actually not here to talk about that. I've got Danny Lanigan on the line. We're going to talk about you with and uh, some of the sort of rule adjustments, cleaning up the rule book. What's up, Danny? Hey, Tom. I'm glad we're able to do this. Um, this is, you know, being out, it's coming out on Thursday. Everybody's going to be commuting on Thursday or Friday. I would recommend listening to this podcast just so you're familiar with the rules and some of the um, inconsistencies slash things that need to be clarified um, from the 2021 rulebook that will be um, currently updated in the 2022 rulebook. All right, yeah, and you got any uh, sort of tournament hype stuff you want to talk about first? You want to just jump right into it? Uh, tournament, I, I mean, the tournament hype, that's probably the, the nicest thing that comes with after losing in the wild card series to the Padres is that once I turn the page and, and get over the post-mortem Mets, um, yeah, ter- tournament hype, it's going to be here real quick. There's a lot for me to get done this week um, and certainly can't um, can't wait for it. I've you know, obviously been wearing out my weather app to see what the weather is forecasted, but, you know, can't wait. Yeah, and it looks like the weather, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, the, the weather should be pretty good, uh, but, you know, good relative to mid-October. Yeah, absolutely. I would, um, if I could sign right now for what the forecasters are predicting, um, I would definitely sign for that. All right, Tom. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the rule book here. Um, you were a great help in just identifying some of the, you know, words in the rule book. We're not really changing many rules. If really, we're not really changing any rules in 2022. So if you're familiar with them from 2020, 2021, it's pretty much the same rule book. But there were some language inconsistencies that needed to be clarified. And we'll just go from top to bottom of the rule book. So if you're listening at home or wherever you're listening, you can kind of follow us in the rule book. Um, section one of the rule book talks about the playing field. Nothing um, at all will change with the playing field. We are excited that we will have 10 fields this year uh, to 2020. We had eight last year, we had nine. Um, you know, there'll be less space between the fields this year for teams to gather, but there was ample space to fit in a 10th. Um, so that's really the only thing to mention on the playing field. Um, dimensions obviously unique with the um, stadium and the high walls, but uh, nothing changes there. The equipment, nothing's changed with the equipment. Second section of the rule book. Um, and, you know, and then we go to the teams and rosters. And this is really the first, um, and I did say there were no changes, but for gameplay, there's really only one small cha- change. But for teams and rosters, there is one change in that. Lineups must now consist of four players. Um, you can no longer bat three. Um, you must have at least four. So you always have four in the field. You're available to use a designated hitter. If you use a designated hitter, you must have a five-man lineup. For sure, a four-man lineup of five, got all five guys playing. All five guys playing, right? So either way, there's four in the field, and then you have that fifth designated hitter. Yeah, and then this is something people confuse a lot, but when you do use a designated hitter, you're allowed to bring the DH into the field. You know, if you want your DH to come in to pitch or play the field, they can replace the guy that they're hitting for. 
but that's pretty much the only substitution you can do if you're using a DH. Obviously, people can change positions, but the DH has to stay the DH unless they sub that other guy out of the game. Correct. Yeah, so if, you know, for example, Ryan Wood were, were to be desi- the designated hitter, hitting for me, the pitcher, um, and we wanted to bring him into pitch, um, he would go into my spot in the field, and then I would just come out and and not be in the game anymore. Yeah, and, and with that lineup, since you're being DH4, you can never come into the lineup. You can only be subbed out. Correct. Um, but that really is the only team and roster. Obviously, we had the eligibility thing this year, but we don't really need to talk about that, being that um, it won't be affecting gameplay on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, moving on to the general gameplay rules, Section 4, um, contender and survivor brackets will be four inning games. Elimination games will be five innings. Uh, mercy rule in effect after any complete inning. Granted, if you're the home team and you just scored the run that put you ahead by 10 or more, uh, the game will end. So it doesn't have to be technically a complete inning. As soon as that home team goes up by 10 or more, uh, the game will come to a conclusion. I'm sure that's going to happen at least once or twice. At le- yeah, yeah, right, exactly, at least once or twice. Um, extra innings, um, as of now, from what I understand, we'll have one clean extra inning in contender and survivor bracket games, and then after that, the bases loaded will uh, begin each inning. Um, and in the elimination portion of the tournament, the elimination bracket, um, standard extra innings, meaning nobody, uh, no ghost runners, until the 16th inning. At that point, you have, would have played technically three whole games at the 16th inning um, that the bases would be loaded going forward from there. Obviously, we have the three outs per inning, four balls, three strikes for the newcomers here. Fouls are unlimited, um, but if you do foul tip a ball with two strikes into the strike zone, um, the result will be an out. No speed restrictions, no physical base running. Everything will be imaginary and ghost running, no stealing. Um, One um, thing that we did want to mention, rule nine in this section, if the ball lands in the outfield, the hit will be any battered ball that is dropped by a fielder and the ball falls to the ground will be ruled a hit. The ball lands in the outfield, the hit will be the clean, clean single. So from in the past, there was a little bit of a inconsistency that if it was dropped by the infielder, it would be um, a non-clean single. If it was dropped by the outfielder, it would be a clean single. Now everything, any ball that lands in the outfield, in the air, whether it was touched or not, is a clean single. Yeah, and this is probably like the second major change, which is still a pretty small thing. Right. But I like this a lot because a lot of the controversy that's happened in the past is like, oh, whether the fielder like got a hand on it or just felt the ball whiz by. And now it's just it's based on where the ball lands. The only exception being a ground ball that makes it all the way to the outfield before anybody touches it. Correct. Um, and, you know, when you're creating a rule book or when somebody's taking the stands for or against a rule in any wiffle ball rule book, whether it's this one or any other one, um, a lot of times guys say, well, in baseball, this in baseball, that. And while we do like to follow the spirit of baseball in terms of gameplay, it's impossible to simulate. Right. Because if you were to say, like, well, the ball was hit you know, way up in the air and the fielder was camped under it and he dropped it, the base runner wouldn't have moved two bases. Yeah, right. But what about the line drive that the guy dove for and, you know, it deflected off his hand 
six feet, the base runner would have moved two bases. There's really no way yeah, to and completely simulate. Yeah, you also get to the point where you're like, oh, man, I popped it up, but there was two outs, so the runners would have been going. And I think that makes things way too complicated when the number of outs affects the outcome of a hit. Right. Yeah, we didn't want to do that. Um, and, and let's be honest, this isn't the it used to be the national championship. But now it's the world championship tournament. Um, we don't anticipate many times um, where a fielder's camped under a fly ball. And sure, I'll probably be the one to do it Saturday morning. Um, hopefully, hopefully not in a, a huge situation, but um we don't want a lot of guys dropping fly balls. We don't anticipate that to happen. We don't expect this rule to really be a, a big factor. If it is on a line drive, I mean, the guy hit it hard. He deserves to get a clean hit out of that. And, and you're right when you said it, it takes a bit of controversy away. Um, you know, if you're that fielder that you think that you really got a small piece of it and you're going to rule a hit to be a non-clean hit because you got a small piece of it in the previous rules would say that hey if i got a small piece of the ball you know my fingernail clipped the ball it's not a clean hit um you know that could be controversial so that's just one less controversy that we're going to have um you know for 2022 and, and going forward any ball that lands in the outfield um meaning past the infield line in the air whether it's touched or not touched by a fielder will be ruled a clean hit yeah and i think just going by where the ball lands is just so much more cut and dry and you'll still have the did he get a piece of it or not on the ground ball with an in infielder diving? But I think this takes some of that out, which I like. Agreed. Um, we had one, I had one other note here on rule 10, um, a ground ball that comes to a complete stop. All runners advance one base, anything in the infield, the ball comes to a complete stop. Um, well, one other rule I want to highlight, because this is one of those things that I'll be honest. Um, I didn't know it. Um, well, I did think I, I think I knew it, but in different formats, there's different rules for this one, specifically Mid-Atlantic, Golden Stick, and now United Wiffle um, for the fair play line. The cheap line um, has to reach and remain on or past the fair play line. It will, if it does not do that, uh, the ball, the ball will be ruled foul. So if it lands on, if it rolls on or passes it. It does not have to pass it, just means it has to reach it to be, reach the cheap line to be in play. Yeah, and that's also just any part of the ball has to be over any part of the line. Think of it as, as a touchdown in football, right? If the tip of the ball, um, you know, goes over the goal line, it's a touchdown. If the tip, tip of the wiffle ball, or granted in football, you don't have to stay in the end zone, um, but a ground ball and wiffle ball that reaches and stays on or goes past that line um, is a fair ball. Yeah, basically the, that front foul line is the same as the left and right field lines. Correct. And, and in other formats, the ball has to roll past the line, like in hockey where the puck has to go completely past the goal. Um, think of it, we're more like football and less like hockey in this regard. Yeah, and another thing to add to that is that on a ground ball or even a fly ball, it's based on where you touch the ball. You know, imagine the ball, you bring the ball to the ground. If that's in fair territory, it's fair. If it's in foul territory, it's foul. doesn't matter where the ball bounced last. It's where you touch it and where it is when you touch it. You know, imagine Correct. that foul line extends straight up. Correct. With the exception of ground balls that bounce over um, where the infield line touches the sideline. It's a matter of where the ball bounced. If it bounced over uh, that point in play, um, and you touch it past the line, but foul, the ball obviously was fair. Um, 
we do have a couple situations where if there's no fence um, in foul play, meaning that, you know, it's not one of those fields where the, the wall is there. If it's a freestanding fence, it doesn't, the freestanding fence does not extend into foul play. In this section, section uh, four, rule 11, it talks about that, that there'll be a, a line drawn, you know, spray painted on the ground. Um, this will basically serve as the fence. Balls that reach across this line will be ruled a double. Doubles, obviously, and United Whiff will clear the bases. Um, if the ball is touched by the fielder and is hit into um, this line, it'll also be a double. Yeah, basically, the line is an extension of the fence. The line is the fence. Correct. If the ball, even if the ball is just on the line, that's considered hitting the fence. Correct. Correct. Same situation. If the fielder um, somehow hits it in the air over the line, that will be a triple because that means it, it didn't. Uh, the fielder was in play somehow, misses the ball and it goes over the line in fail territory. It'll be a triple. if it's obviously over the fence, it's a home run um, if the fielder hits it over the fence. But that's pretty. Uh, yeah. Again, this is something that probably, you know, will happen once every thousand games. But just in case it does and you're in that one 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 thousandth of a game. Um, yeah, we do. Hopefully we do you listen fair. to the podcast. You hopefully listen to the podcast, right? Um, a fly ball hitting the wall of the fence in the air will be ruled a triple. Uh, obviously, doubles clear the bases. Anything that rolls to the fence or the lines, a double. Um, Pitcher-specific rules, section five. Um, United Whiffle in 2020, when we made the rule book, um, we talked about warm-ups and not counting the amount of warm-ups, but timing the warm-ups. Um, we'll just mention here five minutes before the start of the first inning, two minutes between innings and one minute after a ball has been declared illegal or lost, uh, relief pitchers will receive two minutes to warm up unless he's previously pitched in the game in which case he will not be forward warmups. Um, if it's due to an injury or something like that, five minutes will be allowed for relief pitcher to warm up. Um, this is all kind of self-policed. We have not had any issues in the last two years on this. Um, but if you're feeling that the other pitcher is taking too long, um, you need to, you know, give a warning and speak to uh, a United Whiffle official, and they'll be able to come and assist you on this. Yeah, and like you said, that's that's never come up. But uh, those are the, those are the times if you decide to break out the stopwatch. But most people aren't counting, and it's. Most people don't take too long either. Yeah, thankfully. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention in the pitcher-specific rules section five? Uh, I wanted to say one thing about the wild pitch, but is that are we not quite there yet? No, we'll get to that um, for base runners, I believe. Yeah, I think I think that's everything I've got. Yeah. Okay, moving on to um, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's mention um, intention. Uh, wild pitch here because it, you're right it was in this section it's um section five rule number four wild pitch will be declared whenever a pitch com, pitch ball completely misses the backstop any part of the strike zone target the batter or any part of the batter's box batter's box carpet home plate or the bat all base runners will, will advance one base um this is something that was amended in 2021 um in 2020 if you hit the front of the carpet um, of the batter's box carpet and the ball bounced basically forward and didn't go backward into the um, strike zone or backstop or batter. Um, it was declared a wild pitch here in 2021, 2022. If you hit the carpet, hits the lip of the carpet, um, you're good. No wild pitch. 
Yeah, so basically it has to hit – every pitch has to hit one of those things listed. If it doesn't Correct. hit the backstop, strike zone, batter's box mat, home plate, batter, or their bat, it's a wild pitch. So you got to hit one of those things. Pretty much every pitch hits one of those and everything that is – you know, it doesn't have to go past the backstop. It just has to hit none of those things. Correct. Correct. Um, which really is important when you're talking about um, – intentional walks there's no automatic intentional walk um you know you can't just drop the ball four times in front of the pitcher's rubber unless obviously there's nobody on base you can intentionally walk because the wild pitch doesn't hurt you but if you want to intentionally walk somebody with somebody on base you you have to throw four pitches and um take the risk of throwing um a wild pitch in one of those at least one of those pitches and if you are trying to intentionally walk someone you can throw one wild pitch really because you know if you throw a wild pitch on ball four, there's no additional bases for a runner. Correct. Yeah. While while a pitch is on on the fourth ball of, of a batter. So if you walk somebody in the last pitch is a wild pitch, it's not as though, you know, the runner was going and he goes from first to third because he was taking second. He was in motion and goes to third. No, it does not apply here. Um, so if you, you know, on ball four, you throw a wild pitch, everybody moves one base. There is no additional wild pitch there. Just one, one other thing. Pitchers just cannot choose to um change balls during an at bat um but you cannot change balls during an at bat unless the ball they're pitching with has been damaged um moving on to batter specific rules um obviously cannot move in, in the way of the ball must get out of the way of a fielder's throw attempt to the plate one rule that we did clarify section six batter specific rule number three um if you check swing or you're, you are swinging and you hit the strike zone with your bat, um, regardless of what happens, it will be ruled a strike. Um, if you somehow hit the strike zone and on, you, you know, you continue, your bat continues through the path to the ball and hit the ball, the ball will still be in play if you hit it in play. But if you check swing and it hits the strike zone, it will be ruled a strike. Basically, if your bat touches the strike zone, you went around. Correct. You can still hit. You can still hit a home run. I, I don't see that happening, but technically, you could still hit a home run. Correct. Uh, or you know, fly out, whatever it is. Uh, but if it's did he go or not on a ball on a pitch that doesn't hit the strike zone, he went. Correct. Um, hit batsman um, will result in a walk if the ball hits the head or the hat of a batter. Um, any other part of the body um, will not result in an automatic. Walk only if it hits the head or hat of the batter. The, the batter's hands, and this is something that some I, I don't know if some people don't kind of understand, but batter's hands are considered part of the bat only if the batter has been determined to have swung. So if I check my swing, it's been determined that I did not, in fact, swing, and the ball hit my hands, it's a ball. If I am standing there like a statue and I don't swing and the ball hits my hands, again, it's a ball. But if I swing and it hits my hands, my hands are then part of the bat. Um, base runners, there's no physical base running, as obviously previously mentioned. And uh, we all know at this point, if you don't know that, um, you go into the wrong tournament. Um, base runners move as follows. Non-clean single on a ball that is touched in the infield on a ground ball or a ball that stopped in the infield, um, you know, and, and didn't make it past the infield line. Um, all base runners advance one base. Um, 
base runners on clean singles, anything that reaches the in, uh, the infield line or rolls past it without being touched by a fielder, or again, a ball that's hit in the air and lands in the outfield. Um, a note there is uh, just that if it's on the line, that's considered part of the infield. Sort of the same concept with the foul ball. You know, if any part of the ball is over any part of the line, that would be considered not quite to the outfield. The ball has to totally cross into the outfield. With the infield line, correct? So if I'm uh, playing second base, for example, the ball, I pick it up on the line, I'm good. Yeah, on the line's part of the infield. On the line's part of the infield, right. Right, we have tag ups here, um, offensive team. Any bat, any player on the offensive team has to yell tag to activate the runners. You can do this with runners on any of the three bases. Um, defensive team um, has to throw the ball. If it hits the backstop, it holds the runners. If it hits the strike zone, um, the lead runner will be out and all, the, all other runners will hold. If it misses the backstop and strike zone both, uh, all runners advance. Um, in a walk-off game situation, other than a home run, the winning team will be, the winning run will be the only run recorded. So if it's uh, bases loaded and I hit a double in a tie game, um, only one run will be recorded in that situation. If I hit a grand slam, all four runs, similar to baseball in this situation. And that, who knows, maybe a big run diff might come down to that. Got to make sure they get scored right. Correct. And, and while we're on the topic of, of run diff, um, we will mention now um, the tiebreaker situation. Tiebreakers in United Wiffle, the first one will be runs allowed. The second one will be runs scored. The third one will be a coin flip. Um, that's how it worked in 2020, 2021. Had no issues with those um, tiebreakers. So that's the way we're going to go again. Also, um, something kind of worth noting there is that the first one is runs allowed basically you know don't give up runs with a ball to pitching tournament but also the second one is also run differential like run differential and runs scored is basically the same thing if you're tied on runs allowed correct uh, so and, and just one thing on that um if you are winning a, a one-sided game you're only gonna get credit for a plus 10 so there's no reason to um worry about you know trying to get you know a plus 17 um, once you're at 10, it, it's only going to count as a plus 10. And same goes for if, if you're on the wrong end of that, you only get minus 10. Exactly. Good point, Tom. Um, moving on to Section 8, fielders and double plays. Um, all fielders must start in fair territory. A fielder may not line up in any manner purposely distracts the batter. I'm sorry I'm reading this. This is like a bad um, college, you know, uh, presentation. I don't know, man. I mean, some, some people... Some people going to this tournament probably can't read, so maybe you do need to give the audio book version. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not a prerequisite to, to be able to, to be literate here, but yeah, the audio version is also available for a fee, but um, only infielders may record ground balls to be considered. This is important here because, again, this is something that varies in different formats. Um, in order to field the ground ball, you must be an infielder. Infielders must have both feet on or inside the infield line prior to the pitcher releasing the ball. By rule, a pitcher is considered an infielder. So if my pitcher's in the windup, I could be behind the line. I could do that, you know, that one, two steps into the infield. But when he releases, if I want to be considered an infielder, I must be on or inside the line. This is something, and again, in the third year, I don't see, I don't think we'll have as many um, issues with this because guys are kind of used to it. Um, but year one, I saw some guys like lined up in the outfield. Um, 
you know, to try to catch ground balls and be considered an infield. You're not an infielder unless you're on or inside of the um, infield line. And that's both feet, too. I know there's some places where you only need to have one foot on that line. Got to have both feet on the line before the pitcher lets go. Correct. Um, some other infield plays, diving plays. And if an infielder leaves his feet to go to the ground, he dives. Essentially, the player must stay on the ground in order to attempt to complete a double play or attempt to hold a non-forced runner from advancing. If the infielder comes to his feet and stands up, all runners advance. The only runner that the only out that can be recorded is the out at first base by throwing to the target zone or backstop. Um, so if you dive and you, you know, you want to get a double play, you got to stay down. If you dive and you want to try to get the lead runner, got to stay down. You get up outs at first. Basically, uh, you can come up to one knee, but you can't stand all the way up. Correct. Can't, cannot come to your feet. That's what the, uh, the wordage is there. Um, you have two seconds and one step forward to release all throws. Throws that will be fielded cleanly, meaning that the fielder has total control of the ball upon initial contact. Um, play, uh, infielders are, are able to try to get the lead runner. To get the lead runner, you can hit the strike zone target, just the strike zone target. Um, if you throw it to the backstop, you get the out at first. Um, if you hit the strike zone, zone target, all non-forced runners will hold on cleanly field the balls that are thrown and hit the target. Um, so, example, man on first and third, um, ground ball to the pitcher. I field it cleanly. I throw it and hit the target. I get the out at second, and the guy at third base does not advance. In all double play situations, if you bobble the, or juggle the ball at all, or you come to your feet, you have to throw home or else everybody's going to be safe. To get the guy at second, you have to field it perfectly cleanly and you have to stay down if you leave your feet. Correct. And, we'll, and just before we get to double play situations, I just wanted to finish this one out. Um, the only out will be recorded um, will be the out at first base on anything that's bobbled. Um, lastly, non-force runners will advance on all non-cleanly field the ball. So that situation where it's first and third, ball's hit to me, the pitcher, and I bobble the ball. That guy from third will score. Non-force runner will advance on non-cleanly non fielded balls. And my only out, obviously, is to first. Double plays, double play situation. Think of it this way, okay? Again, we love to be able to say, hey, everything's like baseball, but it's impossible with wiffle ball. OK, double plays you can turn and again, have to be in the infield, have to be an infield to turn the double play. Um, any. Ground ball fielded cleanly, I throw it to my teammate at second base in the second base triangle. He has to catch the ball cleanly and throw it home. The first out in a double play situation is always the out at first. The second out is determined by the throw. If the throw is the backstop, the second out will be recorded at second base. If the throw is the strike zone, the out will be recorded at the furthest lead base. So the first out is always the one at home. Once I throw it to my teammate at second, that outfield, that, I'm sorry, the out, out it will always be at first. I throw it to my teammate at second, we got the out at first. The next out, is determined on his throw yeah so basically anytime you only get one 
you got the guy at first, unless it's one of those bases loaded extra inning situations. Yeah, and we'll get to that. I just want to I want to make sure we close the book on this, and then we'll get to the bases loaded extra inning situations because that's a real unique situation. But um, again, it, I know this with baseball that I throw the ball to second base. Hold on, I'm getting out at first. Doesn't make sense. Again, with wiffle ball, we can't always just you know um, follow the lead in baseball um, just because down the road there will eventually be with this double play thing. So this is what we went with. It has had no issue in 2020, 2021 on this out to my teammate in a double play triangle. Don't think of that as second base. Just think of that as the first out, the first out at first. The next out is the one at the back. Backstop is the out at second. Strike zone target is the lead force runner. Um, one thing, again, the teammate at second base within the triangle must, okay, I just want to read this and make sure that we um, have, this guy must throw the ball from within the double play triangle. Cannot come out of the triangle. It's not as though you catch the ball in there, come out of the triangle, and throw it home. Fielder must have at least one foot inside the triangle when the ball is released. This is something we saw a lot in 2020. Guys were catching the ball in the triangle, then taking like a step out toward home and throwing home. If you come out of the triangle, the only out will be out at first. And you cannot turn the double play. So that guy that's making the turn must have at least one foot in when he releases the ball. And he, he's also got to have at least one foot in the triangle when he catches the ball. Basically, you have to stay in the triangle the whole time. And the on the line is considered in the triangle. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. And even, you know, when you stretch out, it's like you're holding your foot in it, but you must stay in it. If I stretch to make the catch for my teammate, I must bring my other foot or I could throw it from there, but you cannot come out of it. So once you're in it, you have to stay in it to make the throw. Um, double play attempts that result in in a failed throw home. Again, out at first, everybody advances. If the infielder at, at the double play triangle bobbles the ball, the out will be at first base and all other runners advance. And this is something in the index in 2021. Nobody caught this, but the index, there was an issue here. It has since been fixed. Again, if I throw it to my teammate at second, he bobbles it or he comes out of the triangle, out will be at first, all other runners advance. Um, in 2020, there was a unique situation where in the extra innings, a team thought that they can just throw it to home and get the, um, the lead out. And that wasn't the case. They wound up losing on that. Those are the rules. They lost not because the rule was stupid. They lost because they didn't read the rule book. Um, we have since reviewed that. And in 2020, uh, I'm sorry, 2021, we amended that so that in bases loaded situations that are brought upon due to extra inning rules. So, you know, you and I are playing um, in a um, contenders bracket game. And we're in extra innings. And because of the rules, we start the extra inning with the bases loaded. Um, in this situation, this situation only, teams can elect to throw a cleanly fielded ball to the backstop or to the or, or to the strike zone to record the out at home. So I'm not going to lose on, you know, a fielder's choice because I hit a ground ball to you. Um, well, I'm, you know, you're not going to lose because I hit a ground ball to you and you threw it home, hit the backstop, and I got to run on that. It's kind of a cheap way. Um, so we amended that last year. That'll stay the same here. You know, especially because a lot of those games are 0-0. Zero, zero yeah, they get a lot of scoring games. Too. Yep. 
And if the team attempts to record the double play, stand rules apply, right? So I hit that ground ball to you, and you guys say, hey, you know what? Let's try to avoid the the, the, um, the beginning and you turn two. If you throw the ball and you hit you know, the backstop, it's still out at second, out of first. I do score in that situation. Um, one thing that you cleared up here and it was helpful, um, let's just say that situation, I hit a grand slam, and then you walk three guys in a row. Um, that unique ground ball, throw it home, get the lead runner does not apply. So we added, uh, quote, this rule only applies to original base loaded situations in the extra innings. Yeah, so even like a wild pitch or a sack fly, as soon as a runner advances, that, that rule is out the window. So, you know, if it's a both pitchers are throwing a no hitter, you could get all three ground outs just thrown to the backstop and not hitting the strike zone. But as soon as right. a runner advances, it's second and third, you got to hit the strike zone or else another run scores. Correct. Um, fielded cleanly, just to, to define it, the ball is determined to, to have been fielded cleanly if the ball is controlled and does not move after a fielder, a fielder first contacts the ball. Um, easy out at second base. In four situation with two outs, a ball that's fielded cleanly by an infielder may toss to another infielder in the triangle to record the last out of the inning. Um, infield fly rule to prevent a cheap double play on infield pop-ups. The team that is batting may yell infield fly on any ball hit in the air. Once an infield fly is called by the batting team, it cannot be rescinded. The out, uh, the result is an automatic out and all men on base remain at the same base provided the ball lands and is fielded in fair territory. If the ball lands in foul ter territory without being caught, it is simply a foul ball. Infield fly can be called if a team has a minimum um, runner at first base with less than two outs, so a little bit different than baseball. Baseball, you have to have at least first and second. Um, any any four situation in wiffle ball, you can yell infield fly. Um, there must be a runner at first base, obviously, in order to call infield fly. The infield fly call and its legality is at the discretion of the pitcher. Um, did you have? I know you had something to add on the infield fly rule. It, it's pretty much when you call infield fly, it doesn't matter what happens. The batter's out and there's no other outs unless it ends up being a foul ball. That's like basically the only exception. Right. If it's a foul ball, it's a foul ball. It's, if you yell infield fly and the wind blows it over the fence, you're out. That if, probably won't yeah. happen, but you know what I mean? Like a crazy thing like that. Correct. Provided the ball, the, the fence, it went over the fence fair. All right, we're at section nine. Um, general rules, home away is dependent. Um, well, in this situation, we know what home and away is. Um, in the, um, I like to use the correct terminology here um, for the brackets. And uh, home and away in your first first games will be determined on, will be determined based on a coin flip. Um, once you move on to the elimination rounds, the I'm uh, sorry. So the contender and survivor brackets um, will be on a coin flip. The elimination will be on um, higher seeds. Survivor bracket may also be on higher seeds. Um, yeah, that survivor bracket also will be seeding. So really just contender. There will be a coin flip to determine home and away. And again, it's to determine home and away. I may yell heads and win heads. I don't. It doesn't mean I'm home. That means I get the choice. Yeah, you can always um, pick away. Some people don't. Something people don't really think about a lot is that if you're really light on pitching, you might want to pick away 
if you score a bunch of runs, you'll know that you you know you don't need your pitcher for that inning. If you want to put someone else in to eat the inning. Correct. Um, all teams and players must will respect and adhere to the rules of United Wiffle Ball. All players will conduct themselves in a sportsmanlike fashion. Taunting, berating, or other type of disrespectful conduct towards opponents and their league officials will not be tolerated. Um, you know, we, we are running um, another tournament in conjunction with, and we're really excited about this, with the MLW Invitational. Um, a lot of youths, a lot of minors. Um, let's make sure that we conduct ourselves, obviously, without sounding preachy and, and having Dean Lanigan come out in this situation. But just, just be mindful of the others that are around us when we use um, and I could be just as guilty as I was many of times in the last two weekends watching Met games. Um, but let's just conduct ourselves as professional as we possibly can. Um, formal protest must be lodged to the tournament director and only prior to the next pitch. Um, tournament director has all final decisions. Obviously, tournament director is our esteemed Tim Dean. Um, any rules questions, you know, we have we will have rule books available. Um have them on your phone, um, but know the rules, guys. It's pretty, you know, it's an advantage when you know the rules. I mentioned the team earlier that may or may not have lost a playoff game because they didn't know the rules. Knowing the rules is one of the things that you definitely want to, uh, you know, it's like make sure you have, make sure you hydrate, make sure you dress warm, make sure you know the rules. Appendix, clean singles. We, we went through all this stuff in the appendix. We do have this wonderful base advancement reference guide. Um, there were no changes on that. Um, we did me- make a quick on on one of the um, appendixes Um, who makes the call make sure you review that Um, but I think we pretty much covered everything how are we looking Tom yeah I mean uh, that's pretty much everything that I've wanted to touch on and I I could just run through a few sort of MLB rule book things for people you know the last rule in the rule book is that anything not stated herein just refers to the MLB rules uh, so I could just run through a few of those if you want. Sure. What were we thinking about? Yeah. So first off, on balls going out of play, and this is already in the rule book, but if you dive over the fence, dive into foul territory or some fence on one of the fields that has the actual baseball walls, as soon as you the ground over the fence or something over the fence or when extended lines touching the ground, the line considered still in the field play. Uh, you catch the ball. It just be a foul ball or over the fence, it'd be a home run. If the ball's a fair ball, uh, you gotta, you gotta, if you're diving over the fence for a home run, you just gotta catch it before you touch the ground. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing to cover because um, I did um, forget to go over that. Uh, we didn't cover every rule. Okay. We just kind of highlighted uh, a lot of the important ones, but there's obviously a lot of other ones that we did not cover. So don't say, hey, I didn't know that you didn't cover it in the podcast. The podcast is not yeah, the end be all. The rule book is. Yeah, quick disclaimer for everybody. Please do actually read the rule book. But if, you know, if you're someone that's been playing every year and you listen to this, you might not have to read the whole thing through again. Uh, but please do read the rule book. It's not that long. Uh, so here's one that, this I don't think it's coming up. Uh, this I don't think it's come up in UF ever, uh, but it's the batting out of order uh, in Major League Baseball. This obviously doesn't really happen because you have the umpires, both teams, the announcers that would notice. But mm-hmm. basically, if someone bats out of order and they hit, they're out. So technically, they aren't out. Whoever was supposed to be up is the one who's out, and the batter after them hits. So 
if you skip one batter, you know, let's say the order is Scott Alford, Ryan Wood, and then you. And for some reason, you think Ryan Wood made the last out instead of Scott. And you get up there and you hit a single. Ryan Wood would be out and you would just be up again. I don't think this is really even going to happen. But if it does, that's how it works. Correct. And and that's also known as the Mickey Calloway rule because um, when the Mets had Mickey Calloway, Calloway as the manager, we we bat out of order. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, maybe 2019. Oh wow, I didn't realize something like that had happened that recently. Yeah. Uh, another weird one that might not even come up. Maybe Kayvon will do it. A batter may switch batters boxes and at bat one time, but obviously not once the pitcher started their motion. You know, you can you can change sides, but you can't go back. If you do. Right. Here's one that probably won't really happen either, but uh, a, the batter and all runners are awarded three bases. If a fielder deliberately touches a fair ball with their cap Jersey or any part of their uniform detached from its proper place. Basically you can't reach your hat out to catch the ball and like, you know, to catch your catch the ball in your shirt. That's a triple. I, I've never seen someone try to do that at a tournament, but if someone did, be a triple you can't use your whole shirt as a glove and you can't throw your hat at a ball to try to stop it from getting to the wall to, to be to become a double no it's, it's important to to um to mention and at this point i think all of our listeners are that are still listening uh, you know are stuck in traffic or something but that was the main <laughs> ones. Yeah, um, or they just have a long ride to get to york yeah uh but yeah i think that's Really anything, you know, if you catch the ball in the air, it's an out. <laughs> Correct. But, uh, you know, any other sort of UF hype or you want to talk about the U17 tournament or anything? Or should we just wrap um, up? Yeah, somebody else will cover that this week. We will have merchandise on sale. Um, a, a lot of good stuff. Sweatshirts, um, hats, obviously, the, the normal stuff. Towels, um, which is a new thing. Um, we will have youth sizes for, um, you know, those who have children or youths that will be there um looking forward to that sweatshirts like i said t-shirts um we will have the obviously the the tigers t-shirts for sale excited for the tigers um and that's pretty much it i am staring at a plate of chicken parmesan and ready to move on here i look forward to listening <laughs> to the rest of the podcasts um this week that'll be coming out i may try to do one myself um but that's all I got, Tom. Hell yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited. So we're recording it right now. It's 8 p.m. on Monday. And two days from now, we'll be picking up the Tigers at the airport. So it's, we're, you know, we're, we're here. This is it. We're here. All right. Especially well, the people listening. It's Thursday for them. Yeah, some of them will be in New York. I'm usually in New York on Thursday, but I will not be there until Friday. Uh, home run, by the way, Home Run Derby, um, if, you're, if you're in it, good luck. If you're not in it, be there. I usually run a couple um, – you know, side pools just to add to some of the uh, fun of the night. But I, I think that the finals of the home run derby may have been the most entertaining wiffle ball that I've seen in like 20 something years of playing um, just absolute machines, just one after another, after another. Uh, I think it was Vin Lee against Jordan or one of those other alien home run hitters. Um, but that yeah, was really it was, I think it was just Vin Jordan and Tim McElrath, and I think two out of three of them hit more than 30 home runs. So that's was a home insane. run every two seconds. It was more, absolutely more insane. And, um, 
be there Friday night. Friday night's always a great time. I'm glad we've been able to make that part of the tradition. Um, that would be my one piece of advice for uh, for those at home. Yeah, definitely a good idea to be there Friday. Anybody, that's pretty much all we've got for you. Friday, I think we've got... I'm going to be honest, I have no idea who your host is for Friday, but when that episode comes out, you'll know, and that'll be the day of the Home Run Derby, so get excited. All right, Tom, see you in a few days, pal. Yep, thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.